You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Locked On Cardinals. I'm the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and the host of the show, Lucas Smith. We have a special guest for this Friday edition, Benjamin Hockman, here to talk about his new book, 11 and 11, detailing the Cardinals World Series run. Benjamin, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Nice to meet you, man, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. It should be really, really exciting. I mean, you know, when, when we think about Cardinal baseball, a lot of fans tend to think about this 2011 team. Um, so before we get into any details about this book, I mean, obviously, uh, the, the 10-year anniversary of this uh, season is is here, and the 10-year anniversary of this October is coming up. But was that really your, your main motivation behind writing this book and kind of getting some untold stories, as, as your book suggests? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's crazy, right, to think that it's been one decade, 10 years, but uh, it has. And I wanted to write a book that captured the moments from that team, told some untold stories, like you mentioned, uh, and, and really just kind of took the fans, take the fans back to Bush Stadium and take mm-hmm. the readers that weren't there to Bush Stadium and experiencing what it was to be there for game six and it really, I mean, I'm biased because I'm from St. Louis and I write for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, but I truly think this is one of the greatest sports stories of all time. And I was honored and humbled to write a book about it. Yeah, I mean, you you, you even take out just the, the the game aspect. I mean, you go deeper into it when you got like the hometown hero of David Freeze aspect. You've got so many different layers here uh, of what makes this story great. And were, were, you, I know, were you at game six or what was your experience in game six like? Yeah, I was a um, sports writer for the Denver Post at the time, covering the National Basketball Association, which happened to be on a lockout, which was frustrating at the time, but good for me, because then I was able to sneak back home to St. Louis uh, instead of being at Denver Nuggets practice or at a preseason (laughs) game. I was able to come home and uh, I was in literally the last row of the bleachers in right field uh, for both game six and game seven and got to experience the ultimate roller coaster. That's remarkable. I was I was 11 years old at the time, so um, but I wasn't wasn't quite old enough to go to that kind of game. But I remember watching them and then staying up late because they were both school nights, I think. And game six was a school night. I remember going the next day yeah. and my assistant principal saying, did you stay up? Did you stay up? And I was like, yes, I did. I'm tired. but yeah. I, I stayed up for that game. So um, you were the name of the book. You were 11. And 11. <laughs> I was 11 and 11. Yeah. It's, it's always easier to remember my age because I just got to take the, take the year that I'm in, but we'll go ahead and get into it to a little bit of the, of the book. And again, for the listeners, there's so much in here, um, so much good stuff to get in here, but we'll, you, you can't talk about this team without talking about David freeze. Um, for, I mean, for those probably eight people that don't know, he is a hometown hero from St. Louis. So got some questions here, but generally what was, um, you know, what, what's your take on the whole hometown aspect of David freeze and the role he played on this team? I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable because if he had been from anywhere else, if he had been from Botswana and he hit the triple and he hit the home run, he'd be St. Louis's guy forever. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's from down the street, he's from St. Louis, he's from Wildwood. He, he went to the, uh, the infield, they call it the infield batting cages in Ellisville growing up. You know, you know, he was one of us. He was just yep. a, a dude, a ball player, and obviously worked super hard and was super talented. And, and, and he won the lottery. You know, he made the Cardinals and, and then made some of the greatest plays in Cardinals history. But his story is so fascinating in addition to that because he is, a, he is he's superhuman, but he's, he is super 
human, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. very human. Battled a lot of demons over the years, and and while that was that was terrible for him, uh, the good news is he persevered. And another aspect of that is that he helped touch people uh, who were struggling as well. Absolutely. That that's actually as as, as a you know read your book that's actually something i didn't know about the struggles that he had uh, with those demons that you talked about and you know i feel like it was a phrase that we used a lot post that home run it's like he's never gonna have to buy a drink in st louis again you know and then that phrase ended yeah. up kind of almost hurting him in a way and uh, you yeah. talked about that in, in your book and when i when i think about those big moments of the triple that he hit of the home run that he hit didn't show a lot of emotion you know i i you know I used the phrase a couple of times ago, um, emotionless, but he wasn't emotionless because he still cared a lot about the community. And like you said, he was able to use his struggles to really um, to care about the, the city and not only being from there, but what do you think that that next step that he took? Because he could have just taken his demons, dealt with them internally and gone from there. What do you think that says about a guy like David to, to go externally and help help people out after he, uh, he dealt with that? He's a beautiful person and a beautiful soul. And that, that was one of the neatest things reporting for this book was, was hearing these stories about how in the winter of 2011 uh, and then the you know the following years, of course, he was so genuine with the way he interacted with St. Louisans and he just got it. He realized because he I mean, he's a fan, too. Right. Like when he hit the home run, he was probably also excited because the Cardinals, his team was going to win, you know, win game six. Let right. alone he was the one that did it, you know. Yeah. Um, and just stories like when he went back to Lafayette high school, where he went, of course, to high school, uh, the basketball coach was like, we'd love to have you just do the minimum amount of stuff you are willing to do. Like Mm -hmm. halftime at a basketball game, just come out, raise your hand, wave to the crowd. That would mean the world to everyone. And he's like, no, I want to, I want to sign every autograph I possibly can in the Lafayette community. And not only did he do that, um, but he, he found out the he got the roster and the names of every single member of the basketball team and wrote a personal message wow. to each basketball player. And again, this is, I mean, this is Elvis Presley, you know, right after becoming a superstar, this is David freeze in the winter after the 2011 world series. And he's doing these, these special things, whether he's, he's meeting, uh, meeting former students from a school or, or meeting kids in a hospital, uh, or just dealing with the, the general public in St. Louis. Yeah, definitely a, a, a class act guy. I mean, we'll talk about another class act guy, Albert Pujols, here in a little bit. But I mean, he, he is the definition of, like you mentioned, just treating St. Louisans and being a St. Louisan, being being one of you know one of you, one one of I might be in St. Louis Sunday, but definitely uh, being a St. Louis guy. And and I, I remember I got I was 2011 World Series DVD somewhere, and in that um, he talked about in his post game press conference that as he was rounding the bases, Jim Evans popped into his head in 2000 and four or five, whenever he hit the walk-off home against Houston mm-hmm. and Berkman sitting next to him. And he goes, yeah, I remember that too. Cause Berkman is on the <laughs> other side of that. Um, so that, that's a nice transition transition into a guy like Lance Berkman. Cause this is a guy that's definitely known for his days in Houston, definitely known for the monster numbers he put up and everything. But um, what was your reaction? You know, obviously you weren't covering the Cardinals at the time, but what was your initial reaction to, to whenever Berkman did sign with St. Louis and the off season after the 2010 season? Sure. I mean, as a fan, you're like, I don't know. Like, he's not one of us. He's, he's right. one of them. Yeah. You know, he kept kicking the Cardinals' butts all those years. Um, but it turned out to be just a beautiful marriage, Lance Berkman and St. Louis, and in, in numerous ways. Clearly and basically, from a baseball standpoint, he had a great year. He was a National League All Star. You look at his numbers from 2011. He was an important part of that offensive machine. Uh, but you you asked his teammates. 
Uh, you asked John Mosellock, who, who I did for this book, and they all share these amazing stories and quotes about how important Lance Bergman was to the chemistry of the St. Louis Cardinals and how he brought this unique personality of goofiness and confidence mm -hmm. uh, into the clubhouse. And he, he really was just like the silliest guy and the, the, the funnest guy and also one of the best players in the National League. Yeah, I mean, you look at his numbers. He, he slashed line of 301, 412, 547, 31 home runs, 94 RBIs. He was seventh in the MVP voting, which I don't think people realize. I mean, but those, I mean, those were all his career highs until like five or six years before that. So definitely an important part on the roster, on the back of the baseball card, but it goes deeper than sure. that. Um, and when, when you think about a guy like Berkman, that wasn't really the only type of signing like that the Cardinals made in the recent years. And you touched about that a little bit in your book. How much of a factor do you think those kind of signings played in the World Series championship team, even though Berkman might be the biggest one of those signings? That's a great question, man. And the answer is a lot. And, you know, some people will watch sports and just be like, chemistry is just a high school class. Like, mm -hmm. what does it matter? It's all about talent. And, and, and of course, if you don't have talent out there, you're probably not going to win some games. But if you ask these men, you ask Skip, Skip Schumacher uh, and Adam Wainwright and Berkman himself about why this team was able to come out of the 10 and a half game hole, why this team was able to persevere in clutch playoff games. It was just this, like this, you know, we talked so much about statistics, but there was like this, this unquantified, excuse me, this unquantifiable aspect of the St. Louis Cardinals just bonded together and playing for each other. And it might sound cheesy, might sound Disney, but it sure worked. Right. And mm -hmm. you, you mentioned how there were other signings and whether it's Gerald Laird, the, the backup catcher or Nick Punto, the shredder who literally <laughs> would grab teammates jerseys after a big accomplishment and rip them off, mm -hmm. uh, which is why David Freeze's Jersey in the uh, hall of fame is ripped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, you, you look at some of these guys, Octavio Dotel and the bullpen they, who they got mid season, these guys infused the clubhouse again with personality and just like the right demeanor. And Mosellock said it. I mean, the 2009, 2010 Cardinals, they had pool holes. They had some good players, but they didn't have the overall chemistry and those teams uh, didn't make it far in October. Whereas this team won it all. More from Benjamin and I in just a moment, but first I want to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest place to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news and odds and notes for your sporting needs. In addition to MLB, you can also get NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the long summer season. Head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that promo code is locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I always remember, if I remember correctly, I went to Cooperstown a couple years ago, and I think the other half of David Freeze's jersey is in Cooperstown. So I think one, if I remember correctly, one half is in Cooperstown and one half is in St. Louis. And I always remember, yes. yeah, I always remember Gerald Laird in game six. He was hands up, you know, going high knees, going crazy. I mean, it's just one yeah. of those intangible things that not everybody really realizes that that really does matter in, in a playoff team. 
There was an old Seinfeld episode where George Costanza um, gets a hold of these new modern basketball shoes that are supposed to make you jump higher. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he, in a key moment, he's trying to show off his new abilities to jump, but he jumps and he makes it like, you know, one inch off the floor because he's the shoes didn't do anything. He's just George Costanza jumping. Yeah. So that that leap reminds me of Gerald Laird's leap as he's sprinting towards home plate and he jumps up as if he's going to be caught by somebody, but no one catches Gerald Laird and he just just flies like one inch into the air and then lands forward. It's just a really funny, playful moment because again, that moment after Freeze's home run, everybody in that stadium, from the millionaire ball players to the guy in the last row. We were all 11 years old that moment, yeah. simultaneously, <laughs> all 11 years old, just just boys and girls, just just cheer, cheerful, joyous people. Yeah, I, I always think baseball. I, I was at game four, the National League Division Series in 2019 when Molina hit the walk off home run. And I posted yeah. something on Instagram afterwards and I said, baseball turns us all into little boys and girls, you know, just full of joy, yeah. just like you said there. And I think that this 2011 team, I mean, I special for me because it takes me back to when I was 11. Right. But it definitely brings back, you know, that, that that's probably one of the, one of the more better world series in, in world mm-hmm. series history. Um, and I think there's an yeah. interesting parallel between Berkman and, and freeze. Um, and cause Berkman talked about in the, in the world series DVD, I always remember this line that freeze had this it factor there, this hit factor that he has that he talks about a lot. And you know, obviously Berkman and freeze are forever intertwined because of their heroics in game six have both playing key parts in there. What do you think that that dynamic is like, or, or that relationship is like between Berkman and freeze? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. They're, 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 they're linked forever for, for their clutch. I mean, they, they did the thing that had never been done before two strikes, uh, two outs, World Series game about to championship about to go to the other team and they got a hit to preserve the to keep the game going. Um, and Lance Berkman got he he was one of my favorite interviews. I interviewed sixty people for this book, fans, mm-hmm. the ball players, but but Berkman was one of my favorites because he is so genuine too. Um, and he talked about two things. One was watching this game, uh, the game six, uh, with his family during the pandemic. If, right. if you recall listeners recall they, they they put on classic games on mob network and there sure. was game six and and lance berkman found out that the lance berkman family some of those daughters had not seen the whole game um so he got the four kids and his wife together and they're watching game six as if it's a live broadcast and his girls are like dad are are you nervous right now? And he was like, yeah, I'm like feeling the emotions. I'm like, yeah. like, but you know what happens? He's like, yeah, but I'm in it right now. Right. It was cool to hear that. And then he shared this just remarkable tale about just what it was like standing in the batter's box for that at bat in extra innings before he got the hit. I mean, gosh, I mean, I recommend this book for all 323 pages or whatever, but mm-hmm. really it's worth it worth buying just for the one page of Berkman's quote describing what it was like being in the batter's box, the calm in his body. And there was a religious connection to, to him in the moments. And it really was just a beautiful, beautiful turn of events. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one of those things that you couldn't have scripted it any better. You couldn't have scripted it period. Cause if this is a Hollywood movie, right. it's realized it's too fair, too, too fairy tale. It's not realistic. And yet the cart, we were able yeah. to live it as Cardinal fans 10 years ago. Um, we're going to transition to it to another older fellow and kind of in the news recently in, in Albert Pujols um, being released by the angels yesterday. And this was obviously, you know, before the season even started, everybody knew this was going to be a storybook season for Albert because it was the last year of his contract. So, what, what, do you, what do you remember from, from spring training early in the season or even 
you know, off season 2010 about the feeling around, you know, me being 11, I don't have much memory of that part, but yeah. the feeling around Albert and, and the contract dispute. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a superstar at the top of his game with an expiring contract. I mean, what a confluence of storylines there um, heading into that season. And one of my favorite chapters in the book is about Albert Pujols because I was able to uh, show, show all that, show the emotion of him deciding not to sign and going through the season. And then also his relationship with his teammates in St. Louis and his charitable efforts. I mean, look, a lot of ball players do amazing things. Mm-hmm. But what Albert Pujols does from a charitable standpoint – Going home, uh, going home to the Dominican, um, meeting people in the poorest neighborhoods, providing health care and hope. Um, it, it's just extraordinary. And some of his closest friends who have gone on the journeys with him shared quotes for the book, which I was honored to put in there. And yeah, I mean, you talk about a storyline where uh, all year it was like, is this the last season Albert will be in St. Louis? And of course it was, but it ended in the most storybook way possible uh, with a ring world series ring ending up on his finger. Yeah. I mean, that, that was always the big storyline, especially in game six and seven. I remember Joe Buck watching the broadcast. That was, that was the big deal, you know, before Albert doubled in, in the ninth inning of game six, game six, it's like, well, he got a standing ovation because Cardinal fans, yeah. we, we, they didn't know, you know, and they ended yeah. up being right that, that, that he wasn't able to come back. But you use the phrase a couple of times larger than life, because mm-hmm. there are plenty of times when superstars have great careers come to a contract and, and they have this dispute. Albert seems different because you can do a great job in the book, but it's hard to really capture Albert's success and his um, domination of the game while he was in St. Louis. It, it almost made that situation so much more larger than life than it was because yeah. of how good Albert and, was for 10 years. Right. I mean, you think about, again, there's so many good athletes in, in so many sports and a lot of them have contracts expiring, but this was different. I mean, we're talking about a guy who in, and of course the number 11 is just throughout this book. The book's called 11 and 11. Uh, it was Albert's 11th, 11th season with the St. Louis Cardinals. The game six went to the 11th inning <laughs> and young Lucas was 11 years old at the time. Um, so all these storylines, but I mean, Albert Pujols was the best player in baseball. He was Mike Trout currently mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And that, I mean, that's how absurdly good he was. I always like to say this stat um, to kind of put it in perspective. In 11 seasons in St. Louis, 10 of them, Albert Pujols finished in the top five in the MVP voting. So 10 of the 11 years, he's a top five player, if not, of course, winning the award and being the top guy. Mm-hmm. In the one year, he didn't make the top five. He was, he was a lowly ninth in the MVP voting. He had a 997 OPS. So air yeah. quotes, the worst of Albert Pujols in St. Louis was a 997 OPS. I'm sure that any Cardinal fan would take that from anybody right now. Nine, nine. I mean, that, 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 that just, that, that, that's a perfect stat to kind of capture it all. But I mean, you mentioned not, not only is it the stats and you talked about a little bit of just the, the charitable work that Albert yeah. does. I mean, I believe he has a daughter with Down syndrome, if I remember correctly. And the story that, that, that I have is that he was building a miracle field, um, a field where, where people with disabilities can, can play baseball in, in St. Louis. I believe it was in Chesterfield. And my, my girlfriend, it was five or six at the time, wanted his autograph. But he went there uh-huh. and didn't sign a single autograph because that's not why he was there. 
And I feel like a lot of guys and, you know, there are certain places that you mentioned David free story earlier, there are time and places to sign autographs, but he wasn't there for that. He was there for, for the kids and for the, for the miracle field. And, you know, I think that St. Louis showed him the love back whenever he returned in 2019. Yeah. Were you, were you at that series in 2019? When I was, returned? that was one of the, I mean, June of 2019, one of the greatest months in St. Louis sports history. I mean, 97% of that is because the blues won the Stanley <laughs> Cup, but yeah. you, the, the other 3% was this amazing weekend at Bush uh, when Al, maybe it's more than 3%, 3% Albert Pujols comes back and uh, plays for the angels on St. Louis's field. He hits a home run. Um, the, the ovations were just hair raising on your arms, uh, it chills through your body. And it was, it was arguably the perfect way to say thanks uh, from a fan base that was fractured for a while on whether or not he should have resigned or not. Clearly, bygones have been mm-hmm. you know, let bygones be bygones. And it was just simply a way to respect the man. And now of course we have the storyline of what will Albert do in the coming months here in 2021? Mm-hmm. Um, will he sign with another team? Will another team team sign him? That's a better way of saying it. Right. And if not, will he, if you will do the one day contract with the Cardinals and come back and retire as a Cardinal? Um, if he does, of course, that'll be, such an emotional moment. One last break in the conversation before Benjamin and I continue talking about 11 and 11, his new book. And I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the flavors, well, you're missing out. They are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting flavors, but they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar, and they all taste incredible. Order today and get that raspberry, or mint brownie, or chocolate, or whatever you'd like. Before Mother's Day, most moms know that I love Built Bar. Send her the box and be sure to get her her favorite at least for a while, until you get her the next box of Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, well, yeah, I was at the, the first game of that series, the Friday night game. So not the game he hit a homer run, uh, but I was at the first game. And man, I'm getting chills right now just, just thinking about that moment, you know, just him, yeah. him returning. And, you know, he was arguably on the same trajectory as, as Stan the Man was, as the guy that, that was going to have probably a, a larger statue than the other Cardinals were. Um, and it was definitely difficult to see him go. I remember one time in the offseason of that year after he had signed with the Angels, I was in my room and I just started crying. For no reason, wow. Albert had left. My dad comes running in. He goes, "Is everything okay? Is everything okay?" And I'm like, "Albert left." And he's like, "Lucas, that was three weeks ago." I was like, "I know, but yeah. it was just so fractured for so long, like you mentioned." And it you hit know, you, yeah, it, it I mean, did because he was like you said, larger than life figure. I mean, that's that's baseball, right? And I hope the people listening right now can they can relate to you and they can relate to me where this this team this game it just does something to us and whether it's it makes us feel age 11 um like i said when you're celebrating or when you're sad too and and the 2011 season is just a roller coaster of emotions and it it, it i'm i'm i was again i'm just humbly honored to be one the guy that wrote a book about it because 
I want uh, people currently to read the story, but I also want, I have a 10, 10 month old daughter. I want her to know the story of Albert Pujols, Yadier mm-hmm. Molina, David Freeze, Lance and the Cardinals in 2011. And, and so many kids just like her from in the future. Absolutely. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's what it's a, my favorite sport. And I'm honored that you were able to, to come on one, two, two quick things before we finish up one, one quick question does, what does Albert do? What's your prediction on what Albert does this year? I don't know. I, I, I I'm, 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 I'm hemming and hawing here. I'm hesitating because yeah. I, I, I just don't have a, a clear feeling. I mean, I, I think he will retire because no team will, will take him. Right. And I don't know if that means he has to wait until the end of the year to get the money or what have you, but I think it's possible he's had his, his last at bat in major league baseball. I mean, his numbers are so down and everyone's like, well, he can DH. Look, these American league teams have DHs for a right. reason. Um, you know, you could maybe, you know, peg him or wedge him. What did it say? Uh, square peg in a round hole, kind of wedge him into a team in Oakland or Kansas city or something like that. I don't know. Is that how he wants to go out though? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real, it's kind of a sad end, but very, very seldom does do you guys have, do you guys, and, I, and this is funny. I just thought of this and it might lead to your next question. If not, I'll say it anyway. Very seldom do people have the perfect ending in sports. One man did Tony Larusa. He managed <laughs> his team to the world series championship in 2011 in what was at the time, his last game ever yeah. he goes to the hall of fame. That's his career. Perfect ending. And now he's in, he's in the South side of Chicago, um, you know, calling for double steals uh, for the White Sox <laughs> against the Tigers. Yeah. You definitely, you read my mind there. That was definitely going to be the last little bit here in, you know, Tony is obviously known for a lot of different things. He's won a lot of, a lot of baseball games, not just in St. Louis and, you know, you, we, the discussion on why he returned is a different discussion, right? But in terms of what he meant um, as the Cardinals, I remember three days, it was three days after I think he announced his retirement, my band teacher uh, said, he was, she was a big Cardinal fan and said, uh, well, guys, I got some bad news. And somebody tripped him from the back. Did Albert leave? Foreshadowing. But she said, no. She said, Tony retired. And that, that was oh. really sad for me because I didn't really, you know, didn't expect that. And was that mm-hmm. something, that, obviously, he definitely had internal discussions. Was that something that was kind of known throughout the season, or was that kind of a, a publicly just kind of a surprise? It was It was kept under wraps. The players were stunned and surprised when they were told at the end of the year. Um, only a handful of people in his family and the front office knew about it, uh, notably John Mosellock, who had – you know, the, the job of, of re- replacing Tony La Russa, right. manager of this great franchise. And, and Mosellac was a great quote in, in the book 11 and 11, because he was able to talk about uh, what it was like for him making a list, literally making a list during game six of who could possibly replace Tony La Russa. And then when freeze hits the home run, he balls it up and throws in the trash. And, you know, he's like, I don't need to make this list just yet. And at least for 24 more hours. Yeah. Yeah, de- definitely. He did a lot of great things. Probably, you know, arguably La Russa, meaning turn the franchise around. Not that they were terrible in the nineties, but they definitely weren't their three, three uh, pennant to winning teams in the eighties. So definitely a lot of great things. So we, we touched the tip of the iceberg today, Benjamin, and I appreciate it. What, what, what was one of your favorite stories? It's kind of the last question. One of your favorite stories that, that you were able to tell in this book. 
Oh my gosh, there's so many yeah. <laughs> uh, that come to mind. I mean, some are some are sad and emotional. The the players going to Joplin, Missouri after the tornado and and meeting the people who lost their homes, the Cardinals fans that lost their homes. I won't say that's like a favorite story, but it's the most emotional one, a powerful mm-hmm. one. Gosh, I think I think my favorite story though uh, might just be about Skip Schumacher playing credit card roulette. Yeah. Uh, that you know the team that's a cool thing. Like there was people from different nationalities and all that. They would all go to dinner together. And there was this one big team dinner in Milwaukee and I mean, long, long table. And um, they played credit card roulette where everybody puts their card in and they pick names and whichever card remains, whichever is the last card not picked, that's the card they use to pay for the meal. Oh, and that's boy. kind of a fun little game. If there's four people, six people at the meal, but there were like 20 people at this, at this dinner. And, yeah. and Skip Schumacher tells the story. He's like, so again, that's like thousands of dollars. And yeah. so even for some, but he's making the league minimum. And meanwhile, Kyle Loesch had just signed like a $40 million contract. And it came down to Kyle Loesch and Skip Schumacher <laughs> and Skip is sweating. He's nervous. He's like, please, please, please. Cause how am I going to explain this to my wife that I just had to pay thousands of dollars for something that's not even going to our family. And uh, luckily for him, the uh, 40 millionaire uh, was the one who had to pay the meal. Oh, all is well that ends on that. That is a great story. So before I let you go, why don't you tell people where that, where they can find this incredible book, Benjamin. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, two websites I'll shout out. Uh, Triumph Books. Triumph Books' website. Google that. Or 11and11book.com. 11and11book.com. Triumph was the amazing publisher that, uh, that uh, let, me, let me write this amazing story. Yeah, 1111 by Benjamin Hockman. It's a, it's a great story. would recommend anybody, even if you're not a Cardinal fan, even if, you're a base, if you know a baseball fan, this would be a great might be a great Mother's Day gift for a mother as Mother's Day is a couple days away, but whatever. The any, occasion, any Father's Day coming up right after it. There you go. You got occasions galore. You got any, any excuse you can. It's a great book to read for anybody. So Benjamin, I appreciate the time today. And um, I hope the best success for you in this book and best success for you in the future as well. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Nice meeting you. Thanks a lot, man.